Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we play the most popular episodes from the previous season. This week's episode, We Are Not Called to Be Argumentative, had thousands of downloads in 2022, and I think I understand why. Have you noticed the increase in contentiousness in our society? We only had road rage at one point, now we have air rage and all kinds of other rage. It may be popular to be harsh and argumentative, but are we possibly messing up the gospel picture by copying the culture? Too many people have their pride hanging out and they need to tuck it back in. And that includes each one of us. We are not called to be argumentative. Three points in about 11 minutes. Let's listen again. The man in the Sky Club who asked me what I did for a living was so excited, it was suspicious. I told him I was a Bible application teacher, and I thought that maybe he wanted to hear more about the Bible because his response seemed so energetic. It turned out that he really wanted a debate. I'm not into debates. They're too much waste of good energy. I'd rather engage with a willing listener than get into a lengthy dispute with someone who feels like they finally found their sparring partner for the day. And when it's a complete stranger, I really can't inspire myself to quarrel. (laughs) Why argue with someone I don't know when I have plenty of people I do know who I could tussle with? (laughs) But seriously, this was a gospel opportunity as long as I didn't mess it up by becoming argumentative. Being argumentative is not a calling. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. People are so confrontational today, and they feel even more emboldened because it's popular to be against things that are good and in favor of things that are destructive. It didn't take long for this stranger to identify himself as a proud unbeliever which made me politely respond to him while gradually ending the conversation. He even said something like this, I'm about to blow your mind with what I'm going to tell you. And I said, oh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. I've heard an awful lot in my life. What most unbelievers don't remember or realize is that everyone starts as a sinner. There is none righteous, no, not one. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, So this unbeliever wasn't talking to someone who was born saved. There's no such thing. He also wasn't talking to someone who had some kind of false delusional impression that I was above it all and had all the answers. Quite the opposite. I am always humbly aware that I need God at all times, in all places. So this man went on and he told me his philosophy about the Bible, his philosophy about life overall, and we were running out of time because we both had flights to catch. I ended my conversation with him with a string of Bible verses that I quoted from memory. His face changed as I quoted, and I knew that the Bible was doing what I could not do. There is a spirit in every human, and while it can't be reached by arguments, it can be penetrated by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We need to be careful in this generation, because we're always on duty as ambassadors for Christ. If you go toe-to-toe with someone trying to have the last word while matching wits, you could come out the loser and lose an opportunity to represent Christ. God didn't call us to debate. 
He called us to copy him. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, not to argue and push them deeper into darkness. There are reasons why unbelievers don't understand believers, and I'm only going to cover a few of them today, but we make the division worse when we get into arguments just to try to score points. Let's consider a few reasons why there's this communication gap, considering our own roles and making sure that we're not becoming repellent and annoyingly self-assertive. First, there is a genuine lack of comprehension. The Bible is a ridiculous, unreasonable, and outdated book to an unbeliever. But 1 Corinthians 2.14 reminds us that the Bible is spiritually discerned. Listen to the verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Unbelief is the religion of the unbeliever. Christians, on the other hand, have a relationship with Christ, But when we were also unbelievers, all we had was our religion of unbelief. We need to remember who we were to be able to relate to those who are still without Christ. Otherwise, pride gets in the way. The holier we think we are, the less we're able to relate to those who are stuck and trapped in darkness. Maybe you can't recall a time when the Bible didn't make sense to you, but I can. I was saved in a job interview at age 19, so I had my entire teen segment of life to make plenty of big messes. I remember when the Bible seemed like it was just something that people only listened to if they went to church. Now, if you can't remember a time when you weren't in church, you will have to use your imagination to comprehend the mind of someone who is your opposite. The comprehension gap is not only because people are rejecting God, which many are, but it's also because human nature rejects authority. That includes all of us, especially when we're allowing our carnal human nature to rule over us. Add the pressure of a culture that mocks both God and Christians, and you've got a very uninviting mix. People want to fit in, and Christianity is not the way to do that. So, if the culture says, Christianity is a make-believe crutch for the weak and foolish, Unbelieving followers will be mocked if they question this mindset. Isn't it interesting that the tolerance movement is so intolerant, especially of those who dare to disagree with them? To have spiritual discernment, we need God. Without God, His Word is difficult to comprehend. Even when we're born again, we still need God's guidance to give us the wisdom and understanding to navigate this broken world. Instead of making the gap wider, be on the lookout for that one person who is quietly seeking the truth. Be a truth delivery person, not a debate team point person. A second reason why unbelievers struggle to understand believers is this, opposing viewpoints. Opposing viewpoints naturally lend themselves to arguments, but that doesn't mean we have to accept the invitation. The culture calls evil good and good evil. Proverbs 17.15 tells us what God thinks of such a philosophy. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. When people are confused, they are easier targets. And the messages of today are very confusing, targeting the minds of anyone who doesn't know what to believe. It's not surprising that we're in a cultural war. It's not like we woke up and discovered that there are opposing viewpoints all of a sudden. 
Proverbs 29.27 tells us that an unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. This has been going on since the Old Testament. Instead of being surprised, let's just minister to the needs of others in humility. Part of that humility involves learning how someone else thinks. How can you help someone if you don't even know how or what they're thinking? Proverbs 18.13 reminds us that he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. We need to become better at asking questions and listening carefully as people answer. You can't browbeat a person into sharing your viewpoint, and we don't appreciate it when others try to do that to us. Can you think of one person who may really have questions and they'd love to sit down and ask them without being attacked for their point of view? Be available to that person, and instead of preparing an argument, ask questions and listen carefully so that you can answer their questions wisely. And a final reason for the understanding gap is this, blindness of heart. Listen to this passage from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now before we move on to the blindness of heart, We need to recognize that the scripture is telling us not to live like we used to live before we were born again. Everyone starts out needing a savior. Now that being the case, we did have a time in our lives, even for those who were saved at a very young age, where we used to do whatever we felt like doing, regardless of what the Bible said. If it weren't for Christ, we'd still be stuck in that ditch. When a person is living apart from Christ, they can't see it. The Bible says that they have their understanding darkened. It's a blindness of the deepest sort because it goes beyond physical vision or the lack of it to affect the mind and the spirit of the person. This should increase our compassion for those who are lost, making us sense the urgency of our roles in their lives. We are bringing light into darkness. No wonder there's so much opposition and oppression when it comes to personal evangelism. When a person believes and receives Christ, they are set free from the darkest prison and thrust immediately into the incredible light. This is so valuable. The life of unbelief is popular with the masses, almost in a misery loves company sort of way. But when people are apart from the masses and alone with themselves, that's when discouragement and despair can take over. Before long, this degrades into lifestyles that are completely self-centered impure, and filled with greed. Maybe we've been born again for so long that we can't relate to this manner of living, but if we'll just remind ourselves that anyone could be trapped like this, it will increase our compassion and humility. If we have Christ, we need to demonstrate it by meekness and lowliness, not madness and loudness. You aren't going to argue a person out of their position of unbelief. You'll just frustrate yourself while providing ammunition for a person to stay stuck in unbelief. Some people maybe even enjoy stirring up a debate, if for no other reason, just so they can score points in a word contest. 
It actually gives a sense of satisfaction to somewhat stump a person, even if the method used makes no biblical sense at all. Don't play that game. This is a person's eternity we're talking about, not a sporting event. We are not called to be argumentative. We're called to be like Jesus. A Christian is a follower of Christ. If we're going to follow Christ, we'll need to do what he did. Instead of mocking or scorning those who don't know Christ, we need to stay on task of seeking those who are lost and showing them how they can be found. As it says in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's copy that. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.